The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So there was this young kid, not from, lived in Jersey, but he went to Talmud Torah. In those days we had Talmud Torah, Sunday school, and then at night after public school, I don't know if they still have Talmud Torah, not many anyway, they had Talmud Torah, and he, and he had this rabbi, he wasn't religious, but he had this rabbi that he had very, very, very close to. And he was into Rosh Hashanah. He was into Rosh Hashanah. He liked Rosh Hashanah. So he would come, Rosh Hashanah day, so between Shachris, I don't know how many of you have this in Shul, but after Shachris they go make Kiddush, then they come back for Shofar, for Musaf. So this rabbi would have people come to his house, and then they would go to Shul to hear Shofar. And he would have this boy come to his house, he'd make Kiddush, and then he would take this boy to Shul to hear Shofar. And then the, the, the kid didn't keep anything else, but he would come to hear Shofar. One year, this boy comes on his bicycle. He's not Shemr, Shemr Shabbos. And he comes to the rabbi, Rosh Hashanah night. Knocks on the door. Rabbi comes to the door. What are you doing at Rosh Hashanah night? There's no chauffeur. He says, no, I came to tell you that tomorrow is the biggest playoff basketball game. He, this guy was a superstar ball player. This is the biggest playoff basketball game. And they have scouts coming from the NBA, from colleges, to, to pick you know, a good ball player. And I am the man. So, because the game's tomorrow at the same time as prayers, I'm not going to be here. I just want to let you know I'm not coming tomorrow. And uh, whatever, I'm going to miss this, you know, the boy. Next year, I'll come next year. Don't worry about it. Okay? What's the rabbi going to do? It's, he wasn't going to, the guy's a scout, college, ball player. Uh, he's not going to, you know, what's he going to do? He tried to talk him into coming the next day. He, I can't miss this game. I know already who's coming, Georgia Tech. And, 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 and Notre Dame and all the big colleges and this is my chance to get into a good college for free and then become an NBA basketball player. Okay, let's say what can I do? Fine. I'll tell you the story short because it's, it's an hour story. I'll tell it to you in five minutes. I'll cut out all the details. So, okay, he gets on his bicycle the next day and he's going to the gym, he's going to the public school to go to the game. He's driving, he's going across the road, all of a sudden the car screeches the tires are screeching, and he feels a bump on the bicycle, and he's laying on the floor. And people jump out of the cars, and people are jumping all out of the cars, and like, oh my God, he got really hit very hard, and he's not in a good place. And the people at Marsh, they can't even look at him. They're like, they can't look at him, they called 911, ambulances are coming, and everything else, and he's like, the, co- the, co- the competition, the other team probably hit me on purpose, so I can't play. It's a setup. The whole thing's a setup. I want to get up and play, but he, his legs are not working, his arms are not working, he's not, he's not getting up. I'll try not to be too graphic. So, they come, the guy, the, the EMS guy says, oh my gosh, he's, he's gone, We're, you know, but we have to try to save him. So they, he says, what do you mean I'm gone? I'm not gone, I'm here. I'm not gone. I can talk, I can't walk, but I'm gone, I'm not gone. And he's talking, but they're not hearing. He doesn't hop yet, what happened? And they put him in the ambulance. And they're going to the hospital and they're working on him. They're pumping him and they're doing and they're shocking him and they're, they're doing everything they can. And he's like, he's like, come on guys, talk to me. Talk to me. How bad is it? What do I look like? I got to get up. Help me up. I want to see what I look like. Nobody's answering him. Everyone's ignoring him. All right, they get him into the hospital. Get him into the operating room. Doctor's there. Doctor says, we lost him. He's, he's not alive anymore. And they cover him. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm talking. I hear every word that they're saying in the room. I'm not dead. What's it? Oh, they, they, maybe they set up a whole hospital. 
the opposing team. This is a bluff. This is like a thing they do on TV, you know, emergency room. I'm talking, nobody hears me. Then his mother and father walk into the room. They pull the sheet up. They start screaming and crying. Michael, 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 Michael. He's like, Ma, Dad, you can't be in on this. Why don't you talk to me? Nothing. Okay, I'm really, you have to be a little graphic because that's the only way the story comes over. But anyway, they take him downstairs to the morgue and they put him in the fridge and he's still talking and nobody's listening and it's getting pretty cold. And then all of a sudden, everything goes dark. And like a second later, he's in a room. Now I'm going to tell you that Michael told me the story. So I know the story from the guy that it happened to. Okay? So they put him into the morgue and gets dark. All of a sudden he's in a room. And there are three rabbis sitting at a table. He can only see their beards. A lot longer than mine. Long beards. Talase them over their head. And there's like fiery eyes. And they're like, Michael! Do you know where you are? He goes, no. He says, Michael, you're in heaven. What do you mean I'm in heaven? He says, you died. You got hit by a car and you died. And you're in heaven. And now it's time for judgment. Okay, well, how does that work? He says, well, we will use scale, two sides. First goes the good stuff you've done on the scale. Then goes the bad stuff you've done on the scale. Scale tips to the good, heaven. Scale tips to the bad, hell. He said, but, but, but I didn't really keep much. I wasn't religious. We know, we know everything. You didn't know a lot of things, so it, it works for both sides. All right! And this is brought down in Kabbalah. Every mitzvah, that Kabbalah, it's a mission pick up. That's what I'm saying. Every angel you create, every time you do a mitzvah, you create an angel. Every time you do an avera, you create an angel. The angels that you create for mitzvahs are your defending angels. The angels that you create from averas are your prosecuting angels. Now, angels come in many different sizes. Let's say you did a big avera, right? But you, you weren't really into it. You weren't thinking about it. So you get an angel without a head. Mitzvah, same thing with tefillah. You did a mitzvah, but you weren't thinking about the mitzvah. You had no, no, no kavanah. You get an angel without a head. You didn't really work with your hands to do the mitzvah. You have an angel without hands. You didn't run to do the mitzvah. You have an angel without feet. You create an angel, but some of them are very weird looking. Some of them are samurais, and some of them are skinny little guys. Every mitzvah is different depending on how you do it and what you thought. All right. Michael, Michael, all your mitzvahs come out. Big ones, little ones, tall ones, short ones. They all get on the scale. Scale has a lot of angels. He's a very nice boy, this boy. He didn't keep mitzvahs, but he's a nice boy. Help people. Good guy. Okay? Any other angels? Yes. By Jews, Machshavah Kemaisa. So even though he was from an irreligious family, there were many times he wanted to go to his Rebbe for Shabbos, you get credit. Somebody's collecting tzedakah, you come downstairs and they're gone, you get credit. You want to help someone and they leave, you get credit. By us, a machshavah is When you want to do a mitzvah, it's like you did the mitzvah. So now, all the machshavahs, and he, ha- he wanted to be from, he wanted to do the right thing. All the machshavahs 
came onto the scale. He had a huge, huge amount of good on the scale. All right. In walks this ugly, monstrous angel. Hi, Michael. I'm the angel of death. I am the devil. I am the Satan. I am going to take you and put you in the deepest part of Gehenna and you will burn forever because you are mine. He's like, uh, I hope not. And the angel, his defending angel says, let's see what happens. Don't let him make you crazy. Bad enough he does it when you're alive. All right. All the bad stuff he's ever done. All the things he shouldn't have looked on the internet. All the other stuff he did. Get on the scale. And you know, sometimes we do an Avera, a sin with much more strength and kavana than a mitzvah. So he's got some big, heavy, fat angels that were whole. They weren't missing a head. They weren't missing an arm. And they weren't missing a leg. And they all get on the scale. And the scale is even. And they never had this in Shemayim. Perfectly. Per, that's all on there. Everything's on there. They, this, at the end of the whole cheshbin, right, all the pain and tra- right, trauma, it's all on there and it's exactly even and they never had this situation. So the Bezin's like, even? Like that even? And the angel that runs the court case says, there's another angel coming down the hall. Really? And the angel of death says, Black angel! It's a sinner. We win. Gehenim. And the other angel says, How do you know? Maybe it's a white angel. And we win. So he's standing, like on a chair, looking down at the tunnel where the angel's coming, and screaming, White angel! White angel! And the Sutton's standing and saying, Black angel! Black angel! Yeah, it's happening. And the angel walks into the room. You never heard this story. And the angel... Okay, it's Yom Haddin. It's Yom it's, it's, it's what happened. Hello, every... every, every, every uh, but this is what happens every Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Exactly this. Exactly this. You say in the sound of Torah, there's a scale, and they get the good and the bad, and, and the ugly. And the angel walks into the room. And it's black and white. Half and half. And the Sultan says, Who are you? What are you? This is, we don't have this. Here comes the hard part of the whole story. And the angel looks at Michael and says, I am the angel of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. No! I didn't go to my Rebbe's house. I went to the game. I missed shofar. And the angel starts to turn black. And he feels a hand a claw, a hand on his shoulder. Yes! You're mine! And he wakes up. And he's sitting by his Rebbe's table. 
the night of Rosh Hashanah. When he went to visit his Rebbe, he was very tired from practicing for the game the next day. And his Rebbe went to make Kiddush and he went to the kitchen and he dozed off. And this was his dream. And he wakes up and he says, his Rebbe says, what are you screaming? What are you screaming? No, what, what's going on? You, you, he goes, Rebbe, tomorrow I'm coming to your house. I changed my mind. <laughs> Why'd you change your mind? He tells the Rebbe this story. That he saw his din in Shemaiah. How do I know this story? Because in camp, when I was a young boy, not so young, just a teenager, 14, I had a learning Rebbe, a counselor, who was a superstar ball player. And he told us this story because we were not learning in camp. We were busy with magnifying glasses, killing the ants on the table. We were busy with what boys are busy with. And he said, guys, guys, listen to me. I was a ball player. He was a ball player in camp. Also, he was very good. He said, I was a ball player. And my whole life changed when I realized that one word of Torah, one mitzvah, can tip that scale. Who's the angel walking down the hall in your life? Is he white or is he black? Sometimes... That's the difference between life and death. So from now until Rosh Hashanah, create white angels. As many as you can, so that you don't have to go through this situation. and a good Thank you, everyone. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.